0: Welcome back, kids, for season two of Nice Work, a podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we are just trying to make the world 10% nicer by every means necessary and with your help. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant, and today I'm joined by comedian, author, and fellow Angelino and all around super nice human, Maddie Conahan, for episode number one zero one that's it short intro i got nothing else let's do this nice work. i'm ready let's do it Thank maddie God. maddie conahan welcome to nice work good morning happy to be here man your guest number <laughs> one of season two on wow. uh, nice work. Season one was a hundred episodes. Then we took a little break. I took a little break, had to do some stuff. And now we're doing it all over again, but with some changes. Like this season's gonna be way less organized, way sloppier, uh, totally unscheduled. Just less moves. professional. Content-wise, first season guest selection was half for me, half for super nice club members. Kind of an even split of who I thought would be interesting to talk to. Uh, especially during COVID when I was super isolated, and then who maybe incidentally members uh, would be interested in listening to. Now it's going to be nudging the slider over to like one hundred zero, So all the guests are just people I want to talk to that I find interesting. Nice. This is That's my great. selfish podcast now. And yeah. you're the first person I find <laughs> genuinely interesting, Maddie.
1: Thank you kindly. Thank you very much. This is, I'm and, honored.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the other change, folks, is that I'm going to talk in my writing voice on the whole podcast yep next hundred episodes just gonna be me because i grew up in redding california where a lot of people pretend they grew up in alabama or arkansas or one of them places where people hate women and animals and freedom and they're racist as hell and it's not very nice to take on an animal hating women hating voice and before you get all mad because you're you're into one of those states I just mentioned, and, and, and it ain't super nice to be calling them out. Well, just let me remind y'all that it ain't super nice to be hating on women or to be super racist. Y'all have the most hateful histories and laws on the books. So don't get mad at me. Fix your institutionalized shit, and then we can talk about the definition of nice. Okay? All right. Yeah, people love nice. Hell yeah. You do. All right. Now it's about Maddie. Maddie time. So you're a funny guy, like world-class funny. What made you decide to be funny? When was that? I
1: think it was, I think I just have, I've been surrounded by very funny people and I, I just kind of take, I take everything from them. I just steal it. I it was in the middle child of five. So you kind of had to earn your keep, um, have a very just funny family, relatives, good friends, and I always try to do stuff that I think is fun and doesn't really offend folks and um, makes me laugh. And that's, that's what I try to do. And if it works, great. If not, such is life.
0: So you were doing ad agency work and nonprofit work before this, right? Before you became funny? I was. Were you funny then? Were you like (laughs) the funny guy in the room?
1: I mean, I I guess when you're working in advertising, I worked at an agency in Chicago called Ogilvy. And I was out there after college, started writing ads. It was so fun. It was like a dream job. Um, But I was writing for very kind of like safe Midwestern, Brands, you try anytime you try to push the envelope, they're like maybe we, uh, maybe we, we tone it back a little bit. Um, but it was really cool. I wrote for like some beer brands, some B two B stuff. You know, try to crack some jokes in the room. But I was a young guy. I was like a young young guy on the totem pole. Kind of went from intern to junior copywriter to moving up. So you always had to know your time to strike because you can easily, you know,
0: there's there's always that like balance that you try to keep. Agency world is pretty famous for for burning people out, especially young pups that are coming up. Yeah. Did you uh did you end up burning out? Do you have like a funny burnout story? Maybe somebody else. I you can of do. To somebody else?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I loved everything about advertising. It was fun. And um, but there were times where you would you would take like you would be up super late just hanging in the agency. Um, A lot of the times if you had, like, scripts that you thought were good, you would have to pass along to your more senior friends. Like, hey, can you just present this and, (laughs) and, like, maybe drop my name. So that was interesting. But other times you would just pin your scripts on a board and you'd sit in a room and, like, kind of cross your arms and wait. And then the head honcho would walk in, read the first line of a script and be like, nope, (laughs) and just, like, rip it up, Um, which is always, like... You got good at rewriting. You got good at being there, like this is too long. I'm, I'm not hooked in the first line, which I think is translated really well to like making content where you're like, if you don't hook somebody right away, you're, uh, they're gonna keep on swiping up. It's only getting more and more. Uh,
0: yeah, you get like one second competitive.
1: You gotta just oh, yeah. fart
0: right away. Yeah, Isn't that pretty just much like it.
1: it? Just let yeah, one out? Just a quick fart. I mean, that's yeah. yeah you so you've read the book. <laughs> you've read the viral book. <laughs> one other thing too that I did that made me actually get into the nonprofit side afterwards as I switched to an agency and I was writing um, Olive Garden commercials. You heard of Olive Garden, it's a very family, it's a wonderful, you know, it's a wonderful establishment. I love the garden. Do I frequent there. Do you? I do, it's great. I actually do, I don't go, I'm more of an outback. I I ain't never seen
0: an Olive Garden in Santa Monica.
1: They're far away, you gotta go to El Segundo. (laughs) Um, So I was yeah writing commercials for them for about a year, but we'd get into these like comical arguments with people where they're like, is it, should it be um, when you're here, your family or is it we're all family here? And then it would just be this like these very long winded arguments, people up in arms. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> and uh, luckily, my brother was in Ireland. He was living in Dublin. Um, him and his name's Willie's. My, my brother, one of my best friends. And he was in Ireland, started this company with our friend Lizzie. And it was a nonprofit profit a company similar to an app called Acorns, except it rounds up digital spare change to the nearest euro, and it donates that spare change to the charities you pick. So if you're like, oh, I have, you know, this charity, I have the Red Cross, it will automatically donate that, like, 30 cents or 45 cents every time you buy something with your card.
0: Oh, so, cool. um, so um like, all throughout yeah, the day, it's
1: just cool. ding, 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 little bit. Yeah, so you're just kind of oh, like... like the change Rather than... Yeah, it's like a change jar, but rather than, you know, when you do it at at the grocery store, you're like, I don't know where this, you know, donation's going. It could be just going to some tax thing. We wanted to give, put the power of like choosing that nonprofit, you know, give that to the person who's donating and, and really like support the causes that they love. So I, he called me up and I was like, man, writing about breadsticks is getting a little stale. And I figured I would uh, hold for people to log off after that. Um, (laughs) But we... And then I just, I got a one-way flight to Ireland. I uh, started working the marketing for them and um, building websites and designing things and running a bunch of stuff. We were like a three-person group. Did that for about two and a half, three years. Really fun. Learned a lot. Lived in Ireland pre and during the pandemic. So you, you had the whole like pub culture and going out and having a great time. And uh, then you had this sort of like, you're stuck inside, have to be creative, have to go to little speakeasies, or you go in like bonfires by the Irish Sea. It was all very fun. I think, I, you know, loved every second of it, honestly, the good and the bad. I think like Irish people have the best personalities. Like the Irish people and Midwesterners have just like personalities that are so damn endearing. Um,
0: Who I do you think's more racist, Irish or the middle Midwesterners? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, man, it's a tough. Queue. Um
0: <laughs> You gotta, gotta pick it. one. You gotta pick one. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, I gotta say, the Irish don't like other parts of Ireland. Like, I think they're just like, oh, we don't like people from like from South Dublin and North Dublin. Like, it's just a hilarious dichotomy of of where people don't like each other and like this sort of fun loving, like, oh, we don't like people from Kerry because we live in Galway, and it's like this. Or like, yeah, slide I don't know. It's these.
0: What decades of fun loving, right? With all the fire bombing yeah. and stuff, <laughs> the trouble. Oh, just good old fashioned. <laughs> the fun loving just, troubles yeah. in Ireland. Mm-hmm. That's oh. what they call them. Hey, so did you see? You see, Cocaine Bear. Is it out already? I don't mm-hmm. know. I saw the trailer for it. Did working in the agency world turn you into like a cocaine addict? Is that movie really about like agency copywriters? <laughs> you think? Like they'll stop nothing He's- to score coke. So
1: Cocaine Bear you think is about copywriting?
0: I do. I'm pretty sure I love I that. I'm pretty I love sure that. you saw people get killed over blow ogilvy, am I right? I mean it's a safe uh, space here. You can talk about it. No. <laughs> just an open podcast. Um, no, I don't.
1: I never I don't really do I think mean, contrary to popular belief, like I don't really do drugs, but I just have these very goofy and I think if I did them and had the ideas that I had, people would totally disregard them because they're a little bit off the wall. So if I was kind of like a drug guy and then also had these like, hey, what if we did this crazy thing? People would be like, get him out of the room. So So, yeah, it was always interesting.
0: Popular (laughs) belief is that you do drugs. Why is that you think? (laughs)
1: Uh, I think just because um, I have kind of like nonstop energy and I always tend to think of very odd things um, that couldn't, that are a little bit off the beaten path. Um, And people just immediately go, this guy. What about coffee? Do you drink coffee? I drink a lot of coffee. There we go. I drink way too much coffee. It's just coffee. Dude, I've been drinking. I've I've got a pot running right now. I'm just crushing coffee.
0: Can we be real, though, for a sec? Let's just be real. Cocaine uh, Cocaine's probably not good for bears. It's not good for people either. (laughs) It's gross. That shit's nasty. If you do it, just stop. If you're under, like, 10, definitely stop.
1: Yeah, under 10, for sure. Sure. I would say so. I can sign off on that. Disavow people under 10 doing.
0: Super Nice Pub does not promote cocaine use, but it does promote the movie Cocaine Bear, (laughs) for which we are getting paid a tidy little sum. So that was just oh nice. advertorial segment. It just ended.
1: Well, Um, hell yeah. I didn't even realize that, but I'm in on Cocaine Bear. I just saw an ad for it, and I'm like, this looks so crazy that I need to see what, and the graphics, or like the effects look pretty sweet, too. Do I get a yeah, cut of this ad? End of year?
0: <laughs> you had 112 million views this past year. Is that right? Or were you just being funny? No, I you know, think saw so. It's on your website. Uh, it's The number was there. It said 112 with six zeros. I zoomed in and counted. Whoa.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Across like Instagram and That's uh, TikTok, views. I'd say. Yeah, it's it's crazy what people want to watch. I mean, a lot of them are just like... One off, like I'll do like a McConaughey impression and that'll get like four million. Like it's little ones that kind of like blow up a little bit. Like I'll do one, I'll repost stuff too. Like me and my brother, I have another brother and we, um, we'll do a video of somebody like uh, trying to order food and they just, they're like, oh, and then they just can't do it right. Like it's just little 15 second clips. So like the views can, can load up.
0: So I did also notice that you have a lot of insight into <laughs> The truth of sibling relationships, right? You got so many of them, and by that, what what I saw, what I read, is that you really know about that every little brother or sister secretly hates their older sibling and like fixates daily on how to get them out the way, <laughs> how to usurp them, how to take everything that is theirs and leave them with nothing, casting them out of the home and the family. And what I was really mm-hmm. impressed with is how. Is how you get all this oh, across in one tight little sentence in your recent book of philosophizing. And I'm going to read that little sentence loud right now. Okay? It's from your book, and we're going to talk about your book. Everybody's going to buy your book. Um, and I'm going to money yeah. back guarantee that book, by the way. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. <clears throat> Here we go. And tumbalina asked, can I have your room? I'm going to repeat that. Can I have your room? So, like, in this book, while the rest of the family is earnestly well-wishing Roland the Tumbleweed, his his baleful little sister can only think of the joy of ridding herself of her older brother and taking over his empire. Oh, yeah. Damn. Anytime. There's so it, much it's... wisdom in your book. The book is called <laughs> Roland the Traveling Tumbleweed. It's a kid's book, but... I don't know. I have it up there on the shelf with my Bible and uh, Lenny Bruce's "How to Talk Dirty and Influence People," and uh, my autographed copy of Eric Weber' classic "How to Pick Up Girls." Those four books are pretty <laughs> you much got the, got the core four right in order there. <laughs> yeah, that's my Holy Trinity. So, "Rolling the Traveling mind. Tumbleweed" is a real book. It's out there. Tell me how you came about. Like, did you channel that in a mystic fog? Like, with. You know seer stones like the old Mormons Joseph uh, uh, Smith. I mean, how how to tell how did that book you wrote a kids book? It's awesome. Tell us about it.
1: Thanks, man. Wow, I appreciate that. I, did, I didn't know you were gonna bring it up. This is a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, this kids book has been great. It's kind of like a, it was a couple years in the making. It was it's this guy. His name's Roland, the Traveling Tumbleweed. I got him up there on the screen. But uh, yeah, it was it was right before I moved to Ireland. I had this sort of like five week window. And I was like, number one, I'm going to get on TV somehow. Number two, I'm going to write a children's book in this five weeks. I've never like had this much time to like get something done and I don't want to go crazy. So I just sat down, wrote this book and I've worked with like a couple illustrators before kind of finding this illustrator that I knew back in my advertising days. Really talented illustrator named Matt Maniscalco. Yeah, it looks and, great. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, And we just started putting it together like, you know page by page and we went through like 17 iterations of what the tumbleweed looks like um, but yeah the whole kind of the gist of it is this tumbleweed that's kind of on the same dusty trail he's in Redding he has never left you know <laughs> um, and he finally kind of leaves that he, he gets the courage to kind of like step away, see the beautiful world. But in the end, he finds out um, that it's really about who you share these, these memories with. And he wants to kind of take his family out on these great adventures and show them the world that he, he's been so lucky to see. Um, but yeah, just putting it together was cool. I was trying to get it published for like a year and a half. I was going to work with a publisher based in London and it ended up being this sort of vanity publisher type of thing. So if you're publishing a book, be on the lookout for them. They try to get you money. But yeah, the book was super fun, and then I started, like, getting a little bit of a following online, so I was mm-hmm. like, man, we might as well just self-publish this, just kind of split it with my illustrator, um, try to get it out there. Um, my family's been super supportive. Like, m- my brothers and sisters all, like, helped edit it, and it was my little brother, Bo, who had the idea of the tumbleweed. That's job, just kind Bo. of, like, it formed into this whole thing. Yeah, but then, yeah, it was a whole, like, cool team effort, and yeah, it all was a little full circle, and... Um, Is it still available? has yeah, been... It is and now it's in Barnes and Noble of all places. Oh cool. I wait. am. Yeah. Self published or did you get a publisher? I got it self published, but I got it into Barnes and Noble just Good by like you. reaching out to this person. Thanks, man. That's um, awesome. Barnes but and I am, Noble like, is doing cool yeah.
0: stuff right now, by the way had yeah. a new guy took over a couple of years ago who came out of, uh, came out of England who had an independent bookstore and he's all about community and making bookstores like a community center again and hiring only no people way. that are obsessed with books. So Barnes and Noble, they're, uh, I love books and I love bookstores and yeah. I've never loved Barnes and Noble. I actually worked at one at one point, but they are now doing it right and their sales are their in-store sales are skyrocketing. They're, they're opening more and more stores right now. So good for you. Let's support Barnes & Noble, folks. They're dedicated to the book. And if there's a link in, in the podcast, uh, you can go to everything that Maddie does. But those books have the super nice club money back guarantee. If you buy a copy of Roland the Traveling Tumbleweed from Reading uh, and you don't like it, well, you've got a dark black soul, but <laughs> you can send it our way and I will refund you 100% of your purchase price. This is the guarantee, word. The super nice guarantee. So buy that book. It's a kid's book. Buy it for your kid. It's also got some deep philosophy, like I said, on sibling relationships. The little sister. Whew.
1: She's, she's ruthless. You know, I think when you're growing up and you're in this one car squeezed in the back seat and then you got one of these front chairs, once your sibling is like, I'm not going to drive, you pop in, you take that captain's chair. You feel like a king. <laughs>
0: uh, you Stop know that. how I found out about you? is from another author, book writer, a guest on this podcast, uh, Neda Disney. And she's a hell of a writer uh, and also darkly funny, a darkly funny human, a good human. She wrote a book called Planting Wolves. Short stories, another super nice club money back guarantee book, by the way, Planting Wolves. You know what? You should trade books with her. Do an exchange of your personal to. wisdoms. Would you be down with that?
1: Yeah. I would okay. i so down with that. that. I didn't realize that wolves like were planted. Tree. I I always, I always wondered where wolves Mm-mm. came from. Not a nice lot of people
0: me. realize that wolves. Yeah. Come from seeds. I mean, They're I guess like cherry everything. tomatoes. Something like that. I just I don't like that yeah. comparison because I like wolves. And I do not like tomatoes, at all. Oh. Hey, so I'm, I'm noting A different this down. comparison. I'm this down. would be appreciated. Yeah. Not like cherry. Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Maybe you're maybe a.
0: Yeah. Little wolf. <laughs> what do they radish. call them? Uh, puplings. I'm pretty sure a, a baby wolf is called a pupling. They Very sprout warm. up from the ground from seeds in forests and uh, deserts. Perfect. So it's all in planting wolves.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Tell me about Landlord
1: Steve. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I lo- Thank you so much for, like, looking into all these projects. This is wild. Oh,
0: you have Landlord this list, and it's just <clears> full of joy and funny and weirdness. And I genuinely think yeah. it's super cool. Um, so Airbnb, oh the gosh. musical... Uh, it's something that happens here in L.A. And there's Landlord Steve. Yeah. I want to know more about Landlord, Landlord Steve. Steve. And, and through oh his lens, God. tell us about Airbnb, the musical.
1: Yeah. I think, like, just for, for context of what it was, I moved out to California last year. And a friend of mine from college, we just got this Airbnb for the month. And it was a total sham. Like, I'm pretty, you know, hearty. But none of it was true. It was like stuffed in this attic. It was like a small room with a curtain. We were paying six grand. I was like, what is going on? And for a kitchen, it had like a microwave on the ground. There was no, like, it was wild. And uh, Airbnb was just so bad at communicating, wouldn't give us our money back. We actually went just like out on a hike, came back. There was a guy living in the place, like, They had double booked it for this. It was like a squatter. It was bizarre. And even after that, like he was going through my bag. It was this crazy thing. And uh, eventually Airbnb just still never did anything. Like, we're like, hey, there's a guy, there's a Yagi living in our place. So then I just drove to Santa Monica, met landlord Steve, and he was the greatest landlord of all time. He was like, yeah, of course, this place. And I'm I'm living in the place right now, as you see. Um, It's this like awesome apartment. And... uh, you, got, yeah, you don't have a lot of stories sure. about these benevolent landlords. They, they, it's pretty rare, but um, landlord Steve was the man. <laughs> and we were like going through this whole – there was a lot of other things that happened that, you know, if you see the, the show, it, it'll make sense. But we're going to just be like, all right, whatever, you know, write a bad review or something. And we said, no, it, that simply isn't enough. We need to – our only form of retribution is to write a musical about this experience. And it's called Airbnb, The Musical. So it's like 45 minute show. We got we went and cast it at karaoke bars around California. Oh for the um,
0: three phone yeah. operators?
1: Oh we had yeah, we had like oh. 10 11 people in the show. We had these musicians that we knew.
0: Yeah.
1: Um we found a choreographer who was kind of like our musical. i had never done a musical in my life. Neither had my roommate Bill who was like the co-writer and he producer of the show. So we wrote this show and it was all parodies. And I know that the song that you're referring to is called Landlord Steve and it parodied uh, Prince Ali from Aladdin. So it was like Landlord Steve's got what you need in Santa Monica. And we lifted him up in the air. We had all this confetti. Um, Yeah. And there's like a rent parody, this big lay Miz like uprising. We built this Airbnb flag and and, like stormed through the audience. Um, It was fun. And we're going to do we're going to extend the show in October. We haven't told the cast members, but we're, uh, we're currently writing like this sort of additional 30 minutes to get it over an hour. And I think it's really fun. So, yeah, Airbnb the musical was a blast. I have it on YouTube. It's not the same as like being there in person, but, it, you know, if you want to get a gist on there, it's on my page.
0: Do you think there's any truth to the rumors that have been flying all around that uh, Justin Trudeau in Canada has been working with the Mexican president on a joint offensive to take Hawaii from the USA?
1: I love that segue, and I have no—I've never heard anything about that, but I love it. <laughs> no, you have. I haven't? think the Hawaiians would dominate. I think—I think the Hawaiians would 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 win. I think—I think Hawaiians are resilient. You know, I think. So you're they'll, saying they'll, you don't they'll think the truth way. to the
0: rumors, though? You sounded a little dubious. i i, I never even heard these rumors. Or where are you hearing these rumors? Fair enough. I just I, from the uh, you know chat rooms stuff, truth seekers, mm-hmm. mostly from
1: truth seekers. I like the idea. of I like the yeah. idea of this being a subplot of Cocaine Bear. Has Is he that, ever like, hit in the on background?
0: You? Has he ever hit <laughs> Cocaine on? Bear? No, the Mexican president, um, <laughs> Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Two or three the poor times. Names. Yeah. Yeah. One was at a.
1: One was you know we were in Embassy Row. I was walking by. He was walking the other way. And he kind of like did a little turn, kind of like brushed up on me quick. He was like, oh whoops. Yep. Um. Second yep. time the Mexican president hit on me. I think it was at. It was at the Cheesecake Factory in Santa Monica at the roof. Oh, at the roof Cheesecake
0: Factory. That menu is mm-hmm. like a. It's like a it's Bible, incredible. isn't it? It's amazing. Seven hundred items. Yeah. In there. Anyway,
1: it, a really a really fun not uh, non sequitur here. One of my friends now, lost his fantasy never. football league, and he uh, the punishment was that he had to get at least one item from every page of the menu at Cheesecake Factory <laughs> before he could leave. And we like wow. gave him the money, like. But it was it, he was there for hours, like from opening to. Like he had to go, he had to go a second day. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, it's so much food, and it's all you know very healthy. If you're if you're a health nut, go to Cheesecake Factory. And we add them to the to the ads. <laughs> no.
0: The most I don't know why I know this, but at one point the most profitable uh, Cheesecake Factory in the United States was in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Really.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We uh we like to hunker in the winter. We like to go to a Cheesecake Factory and
0: they make a lot of money. You know in the most. Um,
1: damn right. The most profitable subway in the world is on the campus of the University of Notre Dame.
0: So. We're sharing some interesting info, trivia nuggets. Yeah, a uh, lot of important things. Do you think? Um, there was something I was thinking about a little while ago. When we we're talking about your kids' book. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Itsy Bitsy Spider. I was driving to Brentwood Country Mart today. Do you know where that is? Brentwood, of course, Brentwood yeah. Country we're Mart. we're trying to get the yeah. book.
1: We're getting the book in Brentwood Country Mart. Look at
0: oh, in the diesel. Yeah. But I was thinking of the Itsy Bitsy Spider as I was driving over there today. Uh, And I had a conversation with the staff at Diesel about this because one of the staff members said, hey, what's your word of the day? I said, I don't have one. And I was thinking, I'm like, but you know what? I was thinking about something on the drive over here about the Itsy Bitsy Spider. And I never realized, true story, the Itsy Bitsy Spider is all about climbing up that spout and getting knocked back down, right? And then drying off in the sun and all that stuff. And it's telling kids, hey, you're going to get up, you're going to get knocked down, but get back up, like Weeble Wobble style, right? But it doesn't really tell you the rest of the story, which is about growing up basically in a caste system and a particularly vituperative type of capitalism that's just going to kick your ass every single time you get up and try to do right by the world. I mean, unless by doing right means furthering the concentration of wealth and resources away from those need it most but anyway that little spider every time down the chute it's like there's a new broken bone like a fibula a clavicle and it takes its toll and eventually you're just a pile of broken bones kind of despondent in in the puddle beneath the rain spout and there's these other broken spiders pouring down on you kicking and bruising you and busting your lip and 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 blood's coming from everywhere and you're just trying to find a place Just a second to breathe and think of those memories, these moments, these fleeting moments of sunshine, right? That you had at the top Mm. of the rain spout. And you're having these existential crises. And I realized that little spider is just Sisyphus. You know what I'm saying? Rolling that boulder. It's the Sisyphus tale, rolling that boulder and getting your ass kicked. It's a super deep song, just kind of like your book about the tumbleweed. Is super deep, tumbleweed, rolling boulder. It's all the same thing, man. And you're part of it, and I'm proud of you for it. Yeah.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, uh, it's a great comparison. We're, uh I'm hoping uh, that the book is, is people can can relate it to their own story, however they can. Um, it features a lot of different locations, you know, like Grand Canyon all the way down, to, like to the Everglades, all these things. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it's about. <laughs> a little resilience, you know, for this little tumbleweed, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's open to all ages. It's only about t- 29 little pages. So quick read. For, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like the resilience of this guy and and courage to go out there, you know, for the spider and for this tumbleweed to go out there and, and you know, expand their horizons, get out of their comfort zone and, and come out on the other side better than, than before.
0: But do you ever think like Sisyphus is rolling that boulder, but is that all Sisyphus did? Did Sisyphus get a break? Like is there like the secret life of Sisyphus? All right, you're done rolling the boulder and you've got like 30 minutes to like rest. Like what does Sisyphus do in that little gap? 30 minutes, 2 hours? I maybe
1: a, maybe like, a sudoku?
0: More to the story. You think Sisyphus the, He's probably the, the doing sudoku spider? Crossword. That's another kids' book. Yeah. <laughs> Sisyphus the sudoku <laughs> spider.
1: Dibs. That's I going to write that down. We got Sisyphus the...
0: I want it to be known that the Itsy Bitsy Spider is really about Sisyphus, and it's, it's, it's kind of dark, and, and it's reinforcing the caste system, you know, in our yep. society. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe it's a song that we should not be singing to children without adding some extra lyrics to the song to more fully sure. flesh it out because it's setting them up to be just cogs in the goddamn wheel. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's not cogs well, in let's, a wheel. Let's what bring are cogs in, in a machine? You know, Wheels in a bus go round and round.
1: We'll add an extra verse. Maybe we'll add that to the second part of the musical. We'll have some sort of cast system-based itsy-bitsy spider. Bring this into sort of like a modern economic times. You know, free market principles. Let's see what we got with this spider.
0: I would like it.
1: spouting buzzwords.
0: I like that you're rolling with it. That's what I like. Sure. Yeah, I like that you're rolling with it. We have a thing. Part of the show, we we kind of wrap it up with... uh, uh, two things. One is, this is this is a holdover from season one because it's just, it rated so well in focus groups, right? This is one of Ooh. the only things that's rolling <clears throat> over from season one, which is the Be Nice Challenge. It's just where the guest offers just a little challenge, a little something that people out Ooh. there, folks can do to make the world or their world a little bit nicer. Like, you know, you can like, oh, just go say hi to your neighbor or, you know, something creative. But with you... With you, I'm gonna offer a little twist on that. While you're thinking about what you can say, I want you to issue the challenge in the voice of either Matthew McConaughey or Ryan Reynolds or Dolly Parton.
1: Dolly? <laughs> I wish I could do a Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh my goodness. Of um, uh, yeah, this challenge here. All right, here we go. I'll do. Oh, I'll mix it up. I don't know if Tommy Shelby's also. We'll figure something out. You can do it. All right. Here's, uh, all right uh, let me call it Matthew McConaughey. Let's see if you will listen to. It. Oh, he's on speakerphone here. I'll get him on here. Hello. All right. Ask who's calling, man. I was, oh, hey, Maddie, good to see you, man. I'm proud of your book, dude. Oh, yeah, you want to hear some, uh, a challenge of kindness? I got a little something for you. On the old subject of books, literature. I love for y'all out there in these super nice work community, I would love for y'all to take a book of yours and put it in one of those little book chests they got on the streets, outside of a Whole Foods or in your neighborhood or whatever, what have you. Because there's a lot of folks out there that love to read and expand their horizons in the universe. So if you go out there and you do that just deed, the universe will return the favor. And kindness will be coming your way. Well, I got a jet here, big dog, but hey, hopefully that works. Oh, yeah. That was him. Yeah, that he was nice of him to answer the winner. phone so quick. Yeah, That was really nice. It's like he knew head. what was going on. Wow. Hey,
0: <laughs> I got it. I got to hand yeah. it to Matthew McConaughey for putting out a really great, super nice challenge. Really um, good guy. And I have yeah. one of those little libraries nothing. right I, down the street. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. He Perfect. He you out. Man. I have he one across the
1: way, too. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm going to have uh, a super mean challenge. <laughs> McConaughey's got the nice one there. So I'll tell everyone to loiter somewhere where they're not supposed to loiter. Just stand there for longer than you're supposed to. And you move. know,
0: Maddie, it's hard to be nice all the time. You know, we're going to be mean a little bit sometimes. You know, I was mean at the mm-hmm. top of the show. I was mean to a whole swath of Americans that are. I was mean to racists <laughs> and, and, and uh, misogynists. <laughs> You're I really was. Mean to them. And I'm supposed to invite them into the club. I'm not supposed to be mean to them. I'm supposed to say, hey, you come in here and you just make an effort to be 10% less racist. That's what we're asking for, mm-hmm. right? Because to them, that would be 10% oh, nicer. But I failed. I, I kind of failed today. I'm probably going to lose listeners. Okay. I did not do a good job of reaching out across the aisle. But uh, ah. I don't feel that bad about it, really. Kind of. Yeah, I'm kind of it's know, more like, you know, fuck them. But the part Grinch, of me is like... Grinch, i you
1: just, I just, you're I just you're waffling harder. of like... You're like, I want to apologize, but also screw <laughs> those guys. Like, you're just not...
0: I'm torn. You know, okay,
1: you're torn. These, are, Let, you these know. are
0: challenging times for all of us. And sure. I'm just laying myself. I'm putting myself out there nakedly. Like I'm trying to be nicer, and I fail a lot. I'm just like you. i you know the.
1: Where do you uh? Wh- what do you use as an outlet for your for meanness? Something oh, okay, you gotta so you gotta go hit a punching bag. You gotta go do something.
0: That could be, you know, the final the final part of this podcast is is. The question, you get to be the host for a second. You get to ask one question of me. So that could be your question. Yes.
1: Perfect. Um, well, yeah, Todd, Todd, my question for you is, if you've got to be nice all the time, which is a wonderful thing, it's the crux of this podcast. It is. You've got to be a little mean sometimes. How do you get that sort of that angry or just pent up energy out? How do you, how do you, you know, relieve that stress so you can be a kind person at all times?
0: Well, I take it out on my kids. Pretty much. That's, that's where I start because they're tiny. Oh, no. <laughs> My 20-year-old Justice is 6'3 and, like, you know, Pushing 200 pounds, so he could whip my ass. So I don't take it out on him. I take it out on the 10-year-old. He's probably weighs 40 pounds. Just kidding. Oh, my God. That's awful. Folks, come on. No. <laughs> just I, a hot car. <laughs> social media. Sometimes I lose my cool when I post something mean. Ooh. My friends know that. I'm like, ah, this is horrible. Ah. You know, a lot of us do that. That's why social media is so toxic and gross, because we use it as that outlet, right? We, we just mm-hmm. don't attach it to ourselves. I also like to flyer. I like to put out real-world flyers. That aren't Uh necessarily mean, but they're weird as hell. So, like, I fly the whole west side of L.A. when I can. But for actual, like, anger and stuff, it's working out, you know? Um, I try to work it out through fitness when I can. Meditating. Just realizing how dumb it is to be angry. And forgiving myself Mm -hmm. when I am snippy you know like on the roads of LA and stuff like that I really try to always stop for pedestrians let people in but every now and then I you know somebody will be rude or I'll be rude right I just forgive yourself in those moments I think that if you forgive yourself and just say hey I'm I'm just trying to do a little bit better eventually you do Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not an overnight thing Anyway, I really appreciate your time. I really do love your work. I love your your videos, your humor. They are thanks. Uh, funny, but uh, you know, it's. I wouldn't. I don't know. Would you call yourself like a wholesome comedian? Uh, you know, that's kind of a weird way to. It, it kind of makes them seem like it's not funny at all. You know, because there's yeah, an I edge think... to everything, and you're very insightful with with what's going on. Uh, sort of the social vibes, you know, and and what's happening in the world, but it's, you know, you never have to stoop to stuff like I do, like just crass masturbation jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't say, like, like I would say I try
1: to never punch down. Um, mm-hmm. Like I try not to. Like to, talk
0: about your kids, like, a- like beating your kids.
1: <laughs> well, that, that's clearly you yeah, yeah, okay. know, uh, i do that all the time because it works out um no but like i'll do i think this stuff on my page which is like, like that kind of jam uh tiktok and instagram page mm-hmm. it'll either be like impressions of like you know mcconaughey going being in you know john wick or something or it'll be like making fun of these consultants that try to like they don't really know what they do, where it's like, uh, you know, like their whole job is just gaining credit card points, like things where I'm like, hey, this is weird. Or I think like I, I was pretty early into the whole thing of like the tipping machines were like adding the tipping everywhere. Um, and now everyone's starting to kind of jump on like, oh, this is getting absurd. <laughs> like uh, You know, go to your doctor's office, get a, you know, yeah, those iPads come out. But yeah, it's yeah, I think like trying to, to be on the pulse, but never taking anything seriously. Like I've never... Other than like uh, the book, I try not to post anything earnest online. I guess everything's always just done in jest. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I keep doing, and hopefully it works.
0: Yeah, I hope it works for you. I'm not sure, you know. I hope that uh, that uh, people find it, and that this town yeah, so. loves it, and you get whatever you're looking for, development yeah. deal. Still or not sure show. what that is, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it'll come to you, man. It'll come to you. Appreciate 112 that. million views. Yeah. yeah.
1: Whatever that means, you know? Uh, know. Yeah, I'm just hoping to keep making stuff that I think is funny and that people enjoy, and you know, that's that or yeah, whatever. That's that's the hope.
0: Well, welcome to the super nice club. You're definitely super nice approved, wow. Maddie. Look really out. appreciate your time here today.
1: Thanks so much. But this has been an honor being on here, and uh, keep on spreading the kindness.
0: Well, there you have it. That was a super nice conversation with Maddie. Maddie C. That's how. That's what I like to call him. I thought. I thought he was, and and probably still is, uh, a pretty swell fella. As for our next guest, I don't know who that is. I got some calls out there, but nobody, nobody's calling me back. That's that's pretty much how it goes these days. Didn't used to be that way, but I'm just getting older. You know, I got kind of a creepy voice now. I don't know what it is exactly i think just some at some point in life things just change for you you know socially your, your your social circles shrink um people don't like you as much you spend more time alone and just your your flaws become more apparent they're like w- 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 warts are like you know how your your nose gets bigger as you get older and your ears and your boobs might sag definitely ball sack sag um his personality sags too. I think mine's sagging, and that's just why uh, I don't have another guest lined up. If you want to be on the show, by all means, I'd love to. I'd love to just have, have anybody to talk to right now. I'm just standing alone in this podcast booth, a lot of spiderwebs up in the, the um, skylight. In this little pool house bathroom, and um, I don't know. I just it's just me and and, and, and this big microphone. And now, and now you. So that's a start, you know. Call me back.